broken body, and you talk about uh, spilled blood. Uh, I think about um, ways I show love to my family, my wife, my daughter, my mom, my dad, and the ways I try to show love to other people. They usually involve uh, a gift, something enjoyable, something nice, uh, something beautiful, and yet the Bible tells us in John that greater love hath no man than this, than he lay his life down. And we see that in Christ, and as we'll observe these elements of the Lord's Supper here in just a few minutes, uh, there is no greater love than what we are remembering tonight, and this is nothing less than a memorial service. And uh, I'm going to encourage you tonight, and Brother Aaron and I were talking a moment ago, that even at the conclusion of the service tonight, I'm going to ask you to uh, remember and reverence this moment and this place and this observance. Uh, try to encourage our people that uh, it's easy for us to observe it and to check the box and say that we did that this year and we've had the Lord's Supper and we move on. But could I just encourage you tonight, even after uh, we have concluded the service, we'll end with a hymn tonight. Could I encourage you to take some time and even contemplate as we leave this place and as you go home tonight, contemplate what this is all about. We're right on Christmas Eve and we'll be celebrating the birth of our Savior. But remember, the birth is not what saved us. It was the birth that was leading to the death that would save us. And could I encourage you tonight to reverence the moment and uh, after this is over, not to walk out talking about the football scores this afternoon and things you have planned, but really reverence the moment of this memorial service that we're about to observe as a church body. First uh, Corinthians tonight, <clears throat> I don't know that you can see to read where you're at, maybe you can, uh, but I will be reading it for you. Uh, we have the Apostle Paul beginning to detail the proper observance of the Lord's Supper here, speaking to the church at Corinth. And 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, I will begin reading in verse 23. <clears throat> the Bible says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Uh, Paul obviously was not present in Matthew when this was instituted by our Lord, but the Bible tells us that the Lord had delivered this unto him. And for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he was given thanks, he brake it and said, Take ye, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, which he had supped, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. I want you to notice tonight is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul is referring to one specific night. In verse 23 he says, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. As I was reading that the last few days, I turned back and I began reading in Matthew 26 uh, the account the Apostle Paul is speaking of, and I'll read it to you tonight. Well, the Bible says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take heed, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink ye all of it. But this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I want you to think about what he's saying there. He, is command, he had commanded his disciples for the preparation of the Passover, the Old Covenant. And they've gone up and they're preparing for this in Matthew chapter 26. And 
We know the Old Covenant going back to Egypt. And boy, as you read all throughout the Old Testament, we see that covenant in place was always a blood covenant. And how Jesus had commanded them there in Egypt before the Passover, preparing the Passover to put the blood on the doorpost and over the the doorpost on the lentils of the door, uh, showing the blood, that innocent lamb that was slain. And when the death angel would pass over, he would see the blood. And as we sing the song, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. And that covenant was instituted and always that blood covenant leading up and pointing to Christ. That ultimate sacrifice that would be made once and for all for our sins. Hebrews 9.22, we know the verse well. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The blood of an innocent sacrifice had to be spilled in order to pay for your sin and to pay for mine. And I hate to tell you, there had never been one before Christ. Christ had to be the willing sacrifice, but thanks be to God, First Peter tells us that we're redeemed through the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and without blemish. Aren't you glad tonight to know that there was found a lamb who was worthy to live and to die in payment for my sin and for yours? Not to just make a payment, but to pay it in full. As we read in Matthew 26, Jesus said that it is a new covenant, though. That old covenant for Israel, I'm thankful for it and what it did for them. But notice Jesus uses a word there in Matthew 26. He says it's for many, meaning not just for Israel, but for the sins of the whole world. Aren't you glad for that tonight? 1 John 2, 2, the Bible says that Jesus was a propitiation for our sins. That means a substitute, someone that was worthy to stand in our place because my righteousness was as filthy rags. My blood would not do. My blood would not pay for the sins. It was insufficient. And yet there was one who was not only willing but did stand in my place as that propitiation for our sins. The Bible says that not only for our sins but for the sins of the whole world. You think about how powerful the blood of the sinless Christ was. That not only did it pay for their sins, it paid for the sins of past, present, and future mankind. That's the power of the sinless life of Christ. Here we are tonight enjoying the benefits, the wonders, the blessings of salvation, all because of what the Lord Jesus Christ was willing to do for you and I. Hebrews chapter 10, let me read a little bit of contrast here for you tonight. The Bible says in verse number 9, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. And I want you to listen to the last three words. The Bible says once and for all. Once and for all. Boy, you read through Hebrews chapter number 10 and it talks about the priest standing daily making sacrifice and thank the Lord for the system he had set up. But the Bible says that when Christ had made that sacrifice once and for all, the payment was made in full for my sin and for your sin tonight. And I'm thankful that we get to honor and observe and remember the broken body and the spilled blood. Now, why is this important tonight? Well, it's important because you and I, I don't know if you've noticed this, as humans, we can be very forgetful. It's important we remember. Probably this is something we should do a little more often, that we should remember and stay closer to Christ because when we have the observance where we remember the broken body that was broken for us. Now, remember, it wasn't broken because of any sin of his own. It was broken for me. It was by his stripes that I am healed. It was because of his blood that I am cleansed tonight. 
And we observe that, we remember, because when you remember, it's hard to drift. When you remember the price that was paid for your sin, the price that was paid for mine. Tomorrow morning, we will remember, we will honor, we will celebrate the greatest gift that was ever given. I mention this often throughout this holiday season. It's very easy for us to get sidetracked and not remember what this is all about. But never mistake the truth. I know we sing about it, but we need to remember the truth that he was truly born to die. That's why we were given that gift. He was born to die. His blood was given so that we could be saved. Now, back in 1 Corinthians, Paul finishes up as he details the Lord's Supper with something very important. We read this all the time that we observe this. He says, verse 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. Now tonight, if you and I were to go and have the conversation about this, I think we'd all agree that we are all unworthy uh, to drink of the cup and to eat of the bread, but you know, through Christ we are made worthy. There's no way that we could do anything to be able to enjoy the pleasure of communion with God, but we are made worthy through Christ. We can stand justified before God, justification, just as if I never sinned. I understand that in principle. My mind, I understand what justification means, but in my heart, I cannot comprehend it. I can't. I know who I am, and I know my sin, and I know how I have transgressed God's will and God's word so often, time and time again. I understand what justification means, that God looks upon me as if I had never sinned because of the precious blood of Christ, but I can't comprehend that. Because, boy, the devil's good at reminding me of my sin, reminding me what I've done wrong. Yet the Bible says that through Christ I stand justified, and I can be justified. So when the Bible gives us this challenge in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 about eating and drinking unworthily and being guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord, it doesn't mean that you proclaim your own self-worth. That I of myself am worthy uh, to approach and to receive the body and the blood of Christ in remembrance of his sacrifice. No, what it means is because of Christ, I can be worthy. And through Christ, I can rightly observe this remembrance tonight. And so for you and I to take this lightly and have the opportunity to be right and have the privilege to stand justified and clean but to take this so lightly as to not be. Because when the Bible says we are guilty, we're guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. We always have an opportunity for invitation. We will here in just a moment. And that's an opportunity for us to make sure that there's nothing between our soul and the Savior. To be guilty is to take it lightly and think, well, you know, I can observe this without taking the necessary steps to follow through with what Christ says that I can do to be right with God. To take that lightly is to be guilty, the Bible says. Notice what he says in verse number 28. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. The tense of verse number 28 when the Bible says to examine ourselves, it refers to a legal standing. I think we've all seen television shows where someone is on the witness stand. Maybe you've been to a real court and there's been someone on that stand and that prosecutor and that defense attorney are there and they are cross-examining them. 
Uh, what they're doing is they are making them give their testimony, saying, this is what I swear before God is truth, and they put their hand on the Bible to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They are giving their testimony, but then the attorneys come up and they cross-examine them to see whether their statements are true. Now, thanks be to God tonight, none of us are going to get to examine each other. For we could all find fault in one another, couldn't we? The Bible says, verse 28, but let a man examine himself. Tonight, it is required that you and I put ourselves on the witness stand. And it is required that you and I examine ourselves. I'll be honest with you tonight, why we would not want to be in communion with God is beyond me. This is what this is all about, communion. I can be right with God, I can commune with God, all because of what Jesus Christ did. Why would I not want to be right tonight? So folks, tonight the Bible says, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily. That means to know that I am not in a right standing with God and I examine myself and I consider my sin not a big deal. Now, folks, tonight, I don't think you need to look any further than the cross of Calvary to see just how big of a deal that God thinks and knows that sin is. We live in a world that takes sin very lightly. We see it flaunted all the time, and we look at the lost world that we're living in, and sin is a joke to them. Matter of fact, we now have holidays that celebrate sin and what God calls an abomination. But let that not be named among the church. That we as God's people understand there was a great price for sin. We're going to observe that spilled blood and that broken body here in just a moment and the elements that we have. So therefore, we as tonight should not take this lightly. If there's anything between our soul and the Savior, oh my goodness, watch this. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I can be in right communion with God. I can be right with God tonight. And remember this precious body that was broken and that flawless blood that was spilt. The Bible gives us a warning. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Verse 31, for if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. The charge warns us against unconfessed and unrepented sin. It's not saying that we come before the Lord tonight perfect. We're not perfect. But we can be right. We can be right through the precious blood of Christ. And so I'm going to ask our pianist to come tonight for the bow for a few moments. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to have just a few moments of quiet invitation. And, and, and let me just give you a little encouragement on how I approach this. I'm a pastor, but I'm not perfect. I sin. I have to get right with God often. Before I came into this room tonight, I spent a lot of time in my office, knelt down beside my bookcase, and I asked God, as David did, search me, O God, and know my heart. I don't want there to be anything between my soul and the Savior. Sometimes I will take sin lightly, and, you know, we call them maybe little white lies or a little unkindness or a little impatience. We don't think much about it. But that sin is what cost our Savior his life. That's why he had to go. There are no little white lies. They're all just lies. Amen? Right. And we've got to be right with God. So I took some time tonight. I knelt down by my bookcase and I said, search me, oh God. I need to know, Lord, if there's something I've taken lightly and even forgot about, that I haven't asked for forgiveness, Lord, would you show that to me? 
I want to encourage you tonight to make sure, take a few moments tonight. The altar will be open in just a moment. We'll come down and we'll have a time to pray. I'm going to come down I'm going to pray with my family. Make sure there's nothing between our soul and the Savior. Let's make sure we're right with God tonight. Let's make sure there's nothing unconfessed and unrepented of tonight. Let's make sure we're right with God. That way we can truly, with a right heart, observe the broken body and the spilled blood of Christ. And so I'm going to ask, I'm going to have a word of prayer. I'm going to ask for the bow to, to play. And uh, after he plays for a little while, we finish praying together, uh, we'll observe this. But let's just take some time tonight with our heads bowed and eyes closed. We'll keep them bowed as he pr- plays. Let's ask the Lord tonight.